So for me, I believe that sustainability is cyclical and it touches every part of your supply chain and your end customers. I think if we're not giving back, then what is the point of the business? So if you're able to give back to create more jobs and more experiences, and in our case, we've chosen education as the channel that we want to support. I think it's really important that it's when you buy a T-Bird product, we're doing everything we can at every level to actually give back into the community. That's Ashley Cottrell, the founder of T-Bird Tea, a great friend of mine and also our partner for this season. I really wanted to wrap up this season by talking to Ashley about partnerships because I think she has a really unique approach to creating them. To understand T-Bird Tea's partnership philosophy, I think you need to understand Ashley herself. She never really sits still and she's always testing, always trying to figure out how to do something differently. I think my personal style when it comes to business is to continually be testing and trying new things. So that comes quite naturally to me. Ashley started T-Bird Tea because she wanted to create a healthy, organic tea that was beautiful as well as delicious. But what happens when you've achieved all that? As we heard earlier, Ashley believes true sustainability is when you're making a positive impact in each area of your business. That's not just your product or your packaging, but it's also through your partnerships. Your business needs to support the community it operates in. Ashley and I sat down for a chat and a cuppa to talk about how she likes her tea. I generally like hot tea with milk, which I discovered after I had COVID last year. (laughs) So I grew up drinking milk tea. Then when I moved to Asia, I started drinking without milk. So mornings I have a milk tea, I really believe it's a hug and a mug. In the afternoons, either cold with sparkling water. I find that really refreshing. The health benefits of tea. It's if you add basil, it's very good for your blood pressure. Coriander is very good for inflammation in the joints. So what I wanted to take was those kind of historic herbs that have been used for hundreds of years and integrate them into tea blends, which some people know as tisans. But most importantly, about where her business began and how she's using partnerships to take it to new places. Remember, you can get 20% off T-Bird Tea using the code HUGINAMUG20 when you buy online. But now, let's get to our chat with Ashley Cottrell, founder of T-Bird Tea. When I first started, I was selling herb and vegetable grow bags in the market in Bondi. And the whole idea behind it was about targeting the hipsters and um, the concept was balcony bloomer to grow your own herbs and add them to your meals as you were cooking. So what happened was after a few weeks of me selling, I started to get customers asking, can we grow our own tea? Um, They were growing their own herbs. They wanted to start growing their own tea. And I already had a concept uh, for the herbs, which was about targeting different parts of the body. So I took that and extrapolated it out to create the morning, noon and night concept for tea bird tea. Australia is a very coffee driven country. And at the time it was kind of pre before the curve. It was kind of when everybody was selling um, slimming teas. So it was quite a unique kind of offering at the time. And yeah, we tested it there. And then when we moved to Malaysia, um, I did a lot of kind of focus groups where I sampled it with uh, different uh, people, like through my school. Um, And then I 
pestered the supermarkets until we could get in there. So that was kind of the journey. Um, but we all always had a plan to get into the supermarkets because it gives you a lot of credibility and visibility with customers and a continued opportunity to keep sampling to people. Were you looking to start your own business at the time? And, and why did you want to start a product business? So I am super passionate about FMCG and products and how they make customers feel. And a big part of my FMCG and strategy work was working on um, customer experience and how they experience your product. So I wanted to take a lot of that kind of knowledge and apply it to my own products. So when I started researching the product, I really focused on two key areas, which is what's in the existing, but then also what customers wanted, which was really nice about how the brand came around where, you know, with customers asking to grow their own tea. So, you know, it it would be very hard to grow the volume of tea. You need to get the right health benefits. Um, So it's, I think from my corporate days, it's definitely that passion for product and then trying to turn that into a a great value product for the end consumer. I want to also talk about the importance of packaging for you because yeah. if there's one place that T-Bird from the moment you first experience the brand really stands out is your packaging. It is gorgeous Thank and it you. is very <laughs> different from everything else in the market. A, a part of FFMCG is always understanding how you can create cut through in the market and packaging is equally important, you know, when it's on the shelf, when people touch it, open it, everything about it is part of the experience. So I always knew that I wanted to create something very different for what was existing. At the time when I started, everybody jumping on the organic bandwagon and every single new product that came out was made out of craft brown paper. <laughs> And had like typewriter writing on the front to tell you what the product was. So you go in and it's just like brown. <laughs> so for me, it was clear that we just needed to look at what was there and see how we could get in front of people. So it was kind of a differentiation thing. You wanted to create something really beautiful that was still organic, but not organic looking. Like it, it wasn't brown and yeah. olive green and... And my other issue actually at the time was pricing because people feel like they put the word organic on something and they can overcharge for it. So the whole idea of making the packaging so luxurious and exciting to look at is, you know, it's giving more value to the final product. So how do you make that work actually? How do you create so much value in terms of creating a beautiful product, creating also a really good quality product. I know you're very into the detail of how you source your teas and how your teas are packaged and how your teas are blended. How do you make it then cost-effective for you as a business? Well, a lot of that comes from I myself am doing a lot of the creative side, which you normally would have to go through quite a lengthy iteration with an agency to develop. And that's obviously a huge cost cutting for us. And also I had a very clear vision of how I wanted it to look. And the word you used there was about detail. 
also being an artist, for me, the the beauties are in the details. So as a person, that's what I look for in other products. And I think if you don't want to buy your own product, that's a good guide as to whether it's at the right stage on the concepting and the marketing and the packaging. So... When you decided to launch Tea Bread Tea, what did you actually know about producing tea, about sort of blending it and getting it into stores? What was the educational journey you went through to launch the product? Well, I think when you're starting a business, a lot of people look for things that they don't really affiliate with, but maybe it makes a lot of money. For me, what I wanted to do was take all of my experience, all of my life experience, as well as my um, career experience and kind of put it together. I grew up in a farm in Ireland. I watched my mom with her cooking and how she used ingredients together. I believe what you need in your diet should come from real food and that should be a range of food. You know, you should eat a rainbow. For us, we drink a rainbow. <laughs> so things like cloves, basil, coriander, uh, lemongrass, how you can add those to food or drinks to create a healthy product. And I also, I like when we started as loose leaf, I love that you can see the plant that the product comes from. So that in itself is an education for customers. So if you get a powdered product, you have no idea how that original plant looks when it's growing. And actually part of that understanding for my customers and what we want to offer is understanding the full journey of the product. So, which brings me on to processing. By reducing as much processing as possible and having the raw material, like even the tea bags are see-through when you put them in the tea, you can actually get a feeling of how fresh and the fact that that product comes from the ground, is grown, has a whole life of its own before it gets into your teacup. But also, I'd already been experiencing organic teas all over the world and it used to drive me bananas that some of these organic teas, A, they were ground to dust, and then B, a lot of them had staples attaching the string to the tag. And I was like, that can't be very good for you to have a piece of metal floating around in your tea. And also from an environmental point of view, I wanted it to be biodegradable because my original business was around gardening. Um, So I like the idea that, yes, it goes back into the earth after it's been used. I want to talk a little bit about your partnership model because that is something that's really interesting. And I like the way that you are kind of positioning yourself as a conduit between impact businesses or not-for-profit businesses and corporates by providing a product that the corporates want but that can also benefit impact businesses. But to start with, what do you think makes a good brand partnership? When you're looking for partnerships, what are you looking for? Generally, what I like to look for is a brand which has some similar values. So for us with the tea, obviously the health um, of the products is really, really important. So we like to try and find partners who have either a focus on health. Um, also, we like to try and match our CSR goals. So we have like quite a big focus, a long-term relationship with Fuji School and Fuji Lab. 
that is supporting refugees. So it's something that we hugely kind of believe in. But on top of that, it also segues into education for children. And funnily enough, um, my children actually have quite a lot of difficulty at school with things like dyslexia and ADHD and I can't get them to read at all but um, I like that the work that we're doing actually really supports kids who genuinely really really want to learn not saying that mine don't but (laughs) uh, yes I really like integrating that into what we're doing so that's why it's been such a long-term relationship and also um, obviously the owner the brand owner is really important to me I have quite similar kind of work ethic and work values as uh, Deborah Henry, and um, we work very well together. And I think with any brand partnership, being able to compromise and cooperate is really important. On top of that, I always like to know kind of what the commercial value is to both parties, because if you can't make it commercially viable for both parties, then you can't keep doing these sorts of projects and the great thing about these projects is quite often when you're doing one version of the project you'll come up with another idea to extend and expand it so it then adds that element of kind of organic growth together so it's not just you know a six-week campaign and then it's off again so yeah those are kind of my key kind of areas obviously health synergy with our ethos and commercial viability Okay, so I really want to dive into this partnership in a bit more detail. So how does T-Bread Tea support Fujila and and Fuji Org and what both of those businesses are doing to support refugee education here in Malaysia? So Fuji Dream School is all about taking a school which educates maybe 200 to 300 students per year and looking at, excuse me, sorry, how we can educate 1,000 students per year and we can offer a wider curriculum and like more sports, more arts, like a a fuller academic kind of schedule than what we currently offer. So last year when we went through our redesign with T-Bird, I also took on a consultation role with Fuji.org, which meant I sat inside the business for six months and put together a feasibility study on how the organization was operating, and how we could identify new revenue streams. Part of the output of that was creating this new platform, Art Rocks Us, which worked on many different levels where we were introducing the students' art. We were introducing the Fujila as a corporate gifting option. We launched their new donations website. We also launched a new Dream School TE range. And the idea with that is creating this sustainable business structure where we work with cafes and restaurants. They're purchasing the Fuji Dream School tea and either 25 ringgit or 50 ringgit from every pack goes to the school every time it's bought. So it's basically just integrating them into our business model and driving more volume to their bottom line and ours. And then part of that is we pull our contacts as well and work together for it. We're introducing Fuji School or Fuji La to corporates and they're introducing the tea ranges to their corporates as well. We have been a fan here on this podcast of Fuji and Fuji La and the work that Deborah has been doing in creating more 
academic opportunities for refugee children. Yeah. Um, one thing that we talked about extensively, and I know she's talked to you about this as well, is how difficult fundraising is and how it's unsustainable, right? Because she's constantly looking at kind of creating more recurring revenue streams that will yes. feed um, the Fuji business. So, yeah, I wanted to understand a little bit more about how T-Bird fits into that strategy. Yeah. So in one of my past corporate roles, I was a digital strategist for creating new revenue streams for corporates. There's kind of two areas on the sustainability. So what a lot of charities spend their time doing is pitching for grants. You have to go through a huge kind of proposal process. It takes a long time. And what T-Bird was focusing on is how can we get cash in the door today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, which starts to change the shape of what you can do day to day. Because often what you find is you'll get a large grant in and you actually maybe have 150K of outstanding running costs that you have to pay out of a 250K grant. That's why it's not sustainable. So what I think really works really nice is it's tea. Everybody drinks it every day. It's sustainable in that the sales are regular and by working with them to offer these new products, plus like we've just launched a new cafe affiliate range, it gives them the cafe something to talk about. It's like a, it, it works on many different levels for both brands. And that is the idea that when people buy Fuji Dream School tea, they're actually helping build future for the development of this Fuji Dream School for refugees. And then how did Art Rocks Us come into the strategy? So when I was working in Fuji Org and, and Fujila, um, one of the revenue, new revenue streams we wanted to create was a website, but also this idea of events and how could we educate people on what the school and the social enterprise did and you know what T-Bird Tea does. So it was, as opposed to maybe setting something up, which is like a bazaar, we wanted to create like a, a, pla- a new platform, which they could reuse, we could use. And that's where Art Rocks Us came from. Art is very important to T-Bird, obviously. It's in all our packaging. And from a mental health point of view, for the school, art is very important to the students which we saw in a lot of the pieces that the students created. So the project, it was a nice project because we, we gave the kids like different areas that they had to create canvases for. And, you know, some of the work was really quite deep. <laughs> yeah. I was really impressed with some of the pieces that these very young kids, like the thought behind some of the pieces that these very young kids had made. Yeah. And I think that's the other problem. People, again, it's people. People refer to these groups of people like refugees. They don't see the person behind it. And I think that's what was really beautiful about doing the art exhibition. We were really able to show the students' personalities and and what troubles them or what makes them happy. And they were all very much part of the event, presenting their work. And yeah. Yeah. And was it successful? Did you? Yes. Yes. Like financially successful, this is going to make a difference in the building of Dream School? Yes. I think we raised... In total, we raised about 120K in the month. 
And I think about 55 or so was for Fuji School and Afghan artists. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the next phase of that is the corporate uh, revenue streams that we're putting together and designing products together. We find out that people love to buy tea and art together. The partnership with Fuji Org is interesting because on the face of it, T-Bird Tea, which started off as being about sort of health and environmental sustainability, it isn't an obvious partner for an NGO which provides refugee education. The environmental compostable tea bags, the health side, the the reusable packaging, all of that is product-focused. It's product-focused, but it's also, you know, you, you see how that all lines up. But where I think T-Bird Tea is really different is that you then go the extra mile, right? You're like, okay, it's not enough for me to have sustainable packaging and have compostable tea bags. I need to be creating more impact. And I'm going to do this through partnering with a not-for-profit so that they can have ongoing sustainable income to fund their school and to fund their work. So I wanted to understand what does it mean from your perspective to be a truly sustainable brand? So for me, I believe that sustainability is cyclical and it touches every part of your supply chain and your end customers. I think if we're not giving back, then what is the point of the business? So if you're able to give back to create more jobs and more experiences, and in our case, we've chosen education as the channel that we want to support. I think it's really important that it's when you buy a TBRT product, we're doing everything we can at every level to actually give back into the community. When you begin your business, you have to have a specific product in mind that you're working towards. Then all of the supply chain elements that relate to that part of the business, you must take off, whether it's materials you're using, where you're sourcing your raw material from, who you're sourcing it from, and then how you're actually producing it. And then the next kind of carbon footprint part is who are we working with? Who are we supplying? How are we supplying them? How is that getting to them? The next phase is then looking at, at, at the additional impact that a business can affect in its local community. I like this idea that it is evolutions of your business, right? The first part was, was about health, actually, and you saw a gap in the market. And then it was moving on to, okay, how are we going to make this as low impact on the environment as possible? How are we going to make reusable packaging? How are we going to make compostable tea bags? And then the next phase is, okay, now how are we going to impact the communities around us positively? And then what's the future of that? And obviously, because I know you as a person, you like to stare a challenge in the face and think, okay, how am I going to make this work? How am I going to do things differently? Have you always been like that? Have you always been, you're the kind of person who, who I feel like actually tries to make things more difficult for yourself sometimes. <laughs> yes. My accountant probably would say that. <laughs> I think if a job is worth doing, it's worth doing right. Whether that's cleaning the shelves, whether tins sit in the supermarket or making sure the stickers are straight, just every part of your output, you should be putting like, a million percent into getting it right. Because then when it's ready, easy to sell. You're removing the barriers before the barriers are raised. 
So one thing I've noticed that's really crucial with product businesses and why I think many product businesses sort of find themselves coming up against a wall at a certain point is um, how to achieve scale. So, so how have you done that? Really, the scaling part of it is related to demand. And actually, that's not so much based around customers. It's based around your networks and your distribution partners that you make deals with. And what you find is, it's like with everything, the more volume you can produce, the better savings you can sort of achieve from a profitability point of view. As we go up and the volumes increase, that's when we can start looking at, okay, what's the next thing? Like, can we in- introduce the compostable tins? Which is quite exciting. <laughs> but of course, some of these things you can't do without having the volume. You know, if someone's MOQ is 50,000 on one design and we have 15 designs, you do the math, we've got to be selling, you know, X millions to be able to consider moving to a compostable option. Yeah. Okay, so I want to move now on to the lessons that you have learned eight years in to T-Bird Tea. Mm-hmm. What has been the biggest learning in how to build and scale a product business? Because I know you had worked in product businesses before, but when you're starting from zero, what have been some of the biggest learnings for you on this journey? Uh, cash flow is king. <laughs> Um, It's easy to get carried away with development and marketing and social media, but just being on top of your business admin, making sure you know what your bottom line is, what is your daily cash flow? We track everything and analyze it daily so that we know where we're at each month. That's, yeah, some of the most important areas. And don't, just because someone else is doing something a certain way doesn't mean you have to go out and do it. Like part of you learning and growing is testing, you know, test having people in-house, test having agencies, test different types of marketing. I've always implemented that testing ethos in my corporate career and throughout life. And I think that's been just a really great way to grow as a business. I also want to talk a little bit about mistakes because I think sharing mistakes is really important. And and I think we learn a lot more from our mistakes than our successes. So have you had any big mistakes? Yes. <laughs> or failures? Loads. Every day. And what have you learned? What are the things that you now avoid or make sure are at the top of the discussion when you're thinking about building a new partnership? If you're entering into a partnership or a deal where your instinct says that it's wrong, uh, you should always listen to that and reassess kind of why you're having the discussions and step out if you can. I think it's very easy to to kind of glamorize potential deals. And I think like that is the thing to remember about partnerships. They should be mutually beneficial. It's not about someone else getting the best deal and the cheapest product or, um, you know, leaving you with costs on your hand. It's about, um, you know, trying to move the business forward each time. And if it's not doing that, never mind your instinct. If it's not moving your business forward, then it's, it's not the right deal, basically. When people come to you, and I'm sure entrepreneurs do come to you often, maybe particularly female ones, when they come to you for advice... What do you tell them? Would you like a cup of tea? (laughs) (laughs) What keeps you on purpose 
in building this business, you know, as you said, cash flow is king. It's also one of the most stressful parts of running a business. What keeps you on track? What keeps you on purpose? Well, I love what I do. Like I really believe in the products. I really believe they help people. And I really believe as a business, like we've got it. You know, we've got the X factor. I get excited to get out of bed every day and do what I do. And what would success look like for you in terms of this particular partnership with Fujila, T-Bird T, trying to fund the Drain School? What would be success for you? Well, Deborah and I have a dream. <laughs> no, well, from T-Bird point of view, um, I would like our monthly kind of sales, the percentage that goes to them to be paying for all of their running costs per month. Deborah would like to replicate the school in other countries and with Fujila as well. So that's an ongoing sort of cycle that we would want to be part of as we're growing. So is there any big news coming up that you want to share? Yes. Tell me about it. So we redesigned last year and we've obviously had a lot of projects this year around our content and we will be going to London in September for the specialty food and beverage fair to meet a lot of the buyers from like Selfridges, Waitrose, Harvinix. <laughs> so we'll be in London beginning of September. Do you ship globally? Can people go online and buy T-Bird tea wherever they are in the world? Um, in the US, we are on a quite a number of like wholesale partnerships um, and Malaysia we are with in KLCC and we're in Pavilion we're also with Atlas Gourmet in Four Seasons and of course online. Look Ashley thank you so much I think this strategy you have of creating a really good product and I mean good in all sense of the words it tastes good it is good for your health it's good for the environment, and it also creates impact through its partnership strategy. I think that is a really interesting and holistic way to grow a business, a product business, a consumable business that really does good things for, for people and for planet. So honestly, like, I love your product. You know that. Congratulations on everything you've achieved. And I'm so looking forward to seeing where T-Bird Tea goes in the next few months as you launch in some new markets thank you you really made me smile <laughs> my one actionable takeaway from this episode is don't be afraid to try something new even if it hasn't really been done before or it doesn't seem like an obvious fit and don't let anyone tell you something won't work until you've tested it maybe even through a partnership so that wraps up season six of The Purpose Effect. But don't worry, I won't be leaving you hanging. I'm launching a new website and a newsletter. So if you're building a sustainable business, if you're working in an impact startup, or if you're thinking of making a move into one of these spaces, then check it all out on www.thepurposeeffectpod.com. And as always, if you want to share the story of the business you're building, or if you want to introduce me to an amazing woman creating impact, then please drop me an email. All of the details on how to do that are in the show notes. And I will be back in your ears soon. 
Bye.